What does it mean to go and tell the good news of Jesus? On today's episode, we're talking about the importance of missions. Where do you start if missions is something that God has placed on your heart? How do you start missions education and discipleship in your church? And how do you know what your personal mission field is? We're talking about all this and more on today's episode. As always, we are so glad that you are here with us, friends. This is Beyond the Mold. I'm Rebecca Lindhau and I'm Amanda Martinson and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Moment. I got to tell you something funny before we get into what we're talking about today. Okay. I'm going to purpose, I'm going to be very intentional on this podcast today and I'm going to really watch how many times I say the word um because uh, my oldest daughter Brooke, she's 10 and she went with me a couple weekends ago to a training that we did for the leaders uh, in Silva, North Carolina. And so we'd listen to the radio pretty much the whole way up there and music and all that. And so finally, when we had about an hour left in the drive, she was like, let's listen to, let's listen to something else. I said, well, how about we put a podcast on? And she goes, how about we listen to your podcast? Like she said, let's listen to you and Miss Becca's podcast. And so I was like, okay. So um, she picked the one that Ashley was on. And I was like, oh yeah, that'd be a great one to listen to. You can hear, you know, Ashley and hear her story. We didn't even make it 10 minutes in that podcast that she wasn't roasting me on my speech and how I talked and the way that I would say things. And she turned to me one time and she said, mama, do you realize how often you say the word um? And I honestly, I didn't because, you know, like, it's just one of those things that you just say, and you don't think about it until she pointed it out to me. And then it's all I could hear. It's, it's all I could hear, but she would not stop roasting me about the way that I would say certain words, you know? <laughs> oh, let me just say my mom, my mother, who gave birth to me and uh, the things that that come out of my mouth are direct reflection on her she reminded me of the first time that we uh she listened to our podcast I was so proud I was like mom you got to listen to it we've got this podcast and so after she listens to it she says um you know you say you know a lot (laughs) like okay mom thanks and I now haven't told her about uh podcast episodes in because yeah. I'm gonna say you know you know and I'm gonna um it I'm gonna um right along with you and I do notice ums about myself too we were on our own worst worst critics yeah so. and I told her I said Brooke it's because I'm pausing to think she said well maybe you could try to do it more silently <laughs> okay no okay. I at least she wanted to listen to you. Every time I have a podcast on and Josie comes in my vehicle, she turns it off immediately. <laughs> She's like, I don't need any more words from you, lady. I hear you enough. Yeah, if nothing else, this families keep us nice and humble. <laughs> well, my, my thought process is if you don't listen to me when I'm talking to you, why would you listen to me in a podcast? Well, there you go. You don't well, listen to a thing I say anyway. I'm going to start when we record, I'm going to start like dropping in, like, don't forget to pick up your shoes in the living room, you know, just to see if she hears it on the podcast. Don't forget to clean your room up, do your homework. Yeah, we should just, yeah, put little nuggets in there about like the time they pooped in the bathtub. Uh Let's start sharing Uh those experiences. Let's drop it in. We've got some stories to share. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to watch the ums, but you know what, y'all, if you hear them, and now that I've said it, you'll listen for them, but uh, just... 
just forgive them, give me grace and, and, and pray for me. Because let me tell you, and Becca knows the same, she's dealing the same. The preteen and the teenage attitude is, uh, is a thing. We need all the prayers that we can get as we start this school year back. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's, it's a time. They, they, like I said, they just get, do good about keeping us humble. If, mm. if nothing else, they keep us humble. <laughs> I used to think I was smart. Until you had children and they told you that you weren't every five minutes. And they just make you think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which but is wrong. <laughs> Listen, shameless plug. That's why we have mom camp. If you are not, if you're in local to North Carolina, if you're listening and you're here local in our state, we have a camp just for you, for people like us who maybe you need a little retreat away. And um, you want to tell them a little bit more about mom camp since we, let's do a shameless plug for it right here since we need it. <laughs> So the purpose of mom camp is um, first to acknowledge the fact that many churches um, no longer have Christian um, missions education in their churches. Um, missions may be an important component to their <clears throat> to their church, but um, missions education is not. And so who who teaches our, our children about missionaries and missions? And so that falls on the mom oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was an effort to help mothers learn how to be missions leaders in their own homes, but also uh, a time for moms to, to get away from their children. Like you are there and they are not, you are not bringing your children to mom camp. That's, that's just everyday life. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you brought them to camp, that would be home, but away from home. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the idea is that moms get to get away you get to be recharged spiritually. We have some great speakers and then you get to do all the fun things of camp without your children. You get to have your campfires and you get to go in there, the zip line and ax throwing and crafts, all those fun things you can do with your friends whilst learning to be a mission leader in your home and being recharged spiritually. So uh, come and do not bring your children. Thank you. <laughs> And that's all we have for this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's all you need to know. And you no. don't have to be in North Carolina either. We've had groups from, um, from let's see, Washington, D.C. before. Like oh, that's they, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Come and have a time. Yeah. Come and have a time with us. It's, it's going to be uh, November the 10th or the 12th. Is that, that's right. Uh, right. Um, and that information is $75. You cannot beat that for a retreat. And let me tell you, sometimes when you go to camp, the food is not good. That is not the case at our at the camp that we are at. Um, it it is good food. It is a good time, good friendships. So come and come and share these fun stories with us at Mom Camp this year. <laughs> and do not bring your children. And 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 side note, <laughs> that is a, a good um, parallel though into what we are going to be talking about in this episode today, which we decided that as we're coming back um uh from taking a little bit of break and we're going into you know school is starting back up a lot of our churches um their church year often runs uh usually like september uh you know through the next august type of thing a lot of churches their 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 church uh like fiscal year and stuff will run in the from the fall uh to the end of the next summer so this is a really good time where churches start to be you know, start planning a lot of events they start looking at their programming and different things that they'd like to do and ministries that they'd like to add and all of the things so we thought what a good time to really take it back to the basics of 
why missions is important. Um, and you even talking about that with uh, mom camp, I mean, focusing on on that, um, on motherhood as a mission field. And, and of course, we've talked a lot about that in lots of different capacities on the podcast before. But um, so what we're going to do today is just sort of revisit the basics of why missions is important, um, a little bit about missions discipleship and missions education. Um, and then we'll we'll end with some really practical, just where do you start? How do you get information if your church is not currently implementing anything uh, in terms of missions education or mission, missions discipleship? And uh, sort of where do you start with that? And um, so I, I, I think this is so interesting. And we've talked about this before. Um, a, a lot and, and looked at this as a staff, but I was reminded uh, a couple weeks ago as I was studying for some of the trainings that, that we have coming up that there's a, a survey from the Barner Group, which is a great place to start in terms of looking at some church research and, and faith-based research on things, that it shows us that fewer than 17% of American churchgoers say that they've heard of the Great Commission and then that they know what it means. That fewer than 17% of American churchgoers say that they've heard of the Great Commission and can tell you what it means. Does that surprise you? It does. It's just like, what are we doing? Me too. Yeah. Yeah. What are we preaching? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that that is part of today's culture. We, we preach what we're against instead of what we're for. Yeah. And I think the, that nobody is against the Great Commission. Um, so and I think that's what we need to, as, as, as people, as a church, as Christians, we need to lean into uh, more into what, what we do, what we believe in and what we are for and what we, um, who we love, mm-hmm. um, which is every, everyone. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think so often we're, we're really dogmatic about, the nose and we forget that there's a whole lot of goes in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. That, that should be a t-shirt right there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, that, it, it surprises me. It really does. Um, that it, that it's that low. Um, and I, you know, even taking it a step further, it's interesting to look at. So 17% said that they've heard of it and they can tell you what it means. And then it looked at, well, uh, over 50% say that they've never heard the phrase. 50% of American churchgoers say that they've never heard the phrase of the Great Commission. And let that. Think um, about this. Okay, let me just yeah. interrupt for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It be that so many <laughs> churchgoers, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, and I'm not trying to be negative, but so many are uh, Christmas and Easter. Yeah. <laughs> Christians. Yeah. You know, usually the next Sunday is the, after Easter is the, the go into all the world, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or two yeah. weeks down the line. So they just get Easter. They don't mm-hmm. get, they don't get the great commission, uh, which is after the resurrection, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that that might be part of it. It might be, it just, just sporadic church attendance. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. That we, have to, we have to, we have to get serious about our faith in general. Oh Yeah. For sure. You're I mean, probably not going to hear the Great Commission at Easter or Christmas, even though the whole story kind of is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it 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 surprises me and it doesn't. You know, I think that where we're at in the world today um, and even looking at um, believers and our commitment 
uh, to the local church and what that looks like. And um, so in, in a lot of ways, it, it surprises me in that it's that, that low. Um, and then it, and then it doesn't at the same time, because it's like, uh, I think we see very much the reflection of that and the ripple effect that's happening, um, you know, uh, in our, in our churches that is reflective of the, of course, the, the world that is around us. And I'm not saying that the church should reflect the world, um, by any stretch of the imagination, but I think we are seeing commitment, um, uh, you know, sort of wane in, in the in the local church. And and I think just people seeing themselves as people who live on mission. And that's what I mean, that's what we're talking about today. But yeah, I mean that it's it's uh it saddens me, you know, uh really um that and that that that's where we're that we're that's where we're at. And I think a lot of that is reflective on the fact that we that's how we don't see people as, as seeing themselves living on mission, because when we reflect back and we think the Great Commission is something that only missionaries do, um, and that it's only people that sign up to go overseas, or it's only it's only for pastors, or it's only for certain people, and we don't see that as something that Jesus told us to do, that he told us to go and to tell, um, you know, that that is right there in scripture in Matthew 28 to go and to tell um that and that he's with us you know always until the end of the age like I think we look at that scripture and we maybe don't always apply it to ourselves and don't see ourselves as people that he told to go and tell but everyone is to go and tell mm-hmm. yeah and I think when you think about that, the world that there are um, around 250 million lost in the world mm-hmm. and our churches um, often think that the job of it's the job of the missionaries to reach those people. Mm-hmm. And there's 20, about 25,000 Southern Baptist missionaries in the world and, um, and 250 million unsaved. Mm-hmm. That ratio is, is yeah. crazy. I broke it down for my students one day in missions and we figured out that like annually every church to help make up the difference for what <laughs> the missionaries couldn't do every church uh Southern Baptist Church I guess would have to reach I want to say four, would have to have 400 salvations in their church to reach all those lost, you know? It's yeah. it's a, and and don't don't quote me on those numbers although I'm quoting myself. Um <laughs> But it's it's a job that has to be done together mm-hmm. and um, with everybody realizing the importance of it. And especially with um, with church, new churches and, and so often now churches um, have the 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 plan that they will also send missionaries, which is amazing. Send missionaries. We need more and more missionaries. But if those if you send for and pay for four missionaries through your church alone. And those are the only missionaries your church and your children ever hear about. Mm-hmm. They're mis- missing a broader spectrum of how God could be calling them to serve in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that is one big part of why missions education is so important, is um, especially for children that unless they learn about missionaries, mm-hmm. how will they recognize the call to be a missionary? And that's what I'm really passionate about. I just trained a um, group of RA uh, leaders. RAs are Royal Ambassadors, um, and that is the name for 
our um, missions education program just for boys. We have uh, RAs, which is Royal Ambassadors, and then we have GAs, which is Girls in Action, and then we have CAs, which is Children in Action, which is a combination of girls and boys. And um, so I was training the boys leaders at a local church and it was amazing. They had um, 15 people there in the training, um, which is a great for, number. Yeah. For one church to have 15 male leaders. Right. Um, That's what I'm saying. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, but I told them um, that children will, will, will receive Bible study and uh, scripture knowledge from a variety of places they will they will receive it in sunday school they will also often receive it in in um children's church um you might have a sunday night awana program and they're going to get it there if they go to a private school they're going to get it in chapel at two, they're going to receive it from a lot of if you have a family devotion they're going to get it there right. um so they're going to get scripture knowledge from a lot of places and that is wonderful and i don't want to take away from that at all but when it comes to Christian education and, and, and missions, um, where are they getting that? Where are they getting that knowledge about missionaries? Yeah. And I think that's where WMU really stands in the gap. Um, we are the only place um, where there is, they're going to get it in Baptist churches is if you have a children's missions education program. And I told those those RA leaders that what they do um, because you are the only place they're going to get this. You're the only place that they're going to hear these stories. That is a sacred hour with those children. Yeah. Um, because when they walk away, you will have taught them something that they have never heard before and may never hear again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's important too, because it's opening up our preschool children, student up to adults. It opens up our eyes to a world that is around us, a world that is full of people who are hurting, grieving, hungry, lost, um, and, and missions enables us to, to take that hope of Christ that we have and, and take it into the play, all the places of the world. And, you know, what's wonderful about missions, and if you're listening to this and, um, and maybe you have maybe a call to missions or a a desire to even want to start something in your church or maybe even a small group of some sort. Um, the That's the beautiful thing uh, about missions is that it is, um, you can do this in so many ways. You know, we often say like, we we have this idea of missions that it is um, involves getting on a plane and going overseas or going somewhere and, and serving. And that is a form of missions, but that missions exist right outside of our doors. Um, and that the communities around us, I know both of us are in churches that um, are involved in our communities and who are helping people within that community. And so, you know, for you listening uh, that want to do something like this in your own in your own churches, or maybe you are doing something like you know, this already, um, and maybe you just need that kind of encouragement or that reminder that lost people exist right outside of our doors every single day, right out. And, and even within our own homes, our families, our friend groups, our, the coworkers that we'll come across and meet and things like that. And so seeing ourselves, being able to take that perspective and look at ourselves as, oh, oh, Jesus told, told me to go and tell. Like, and like you're saying, to take it and to put it in the perspective where children are learning about these things and being able to open up them, their eyes to a world that's around them that goes, oh my gosh, 
this stuff is happening around me. And cause you know, we, we're all guilty of being in our own bubbles, you know, um, with things. And so this to me, missions is just that, that sort of action step that we put to, um, being able to, to see people in a different way, to be able to serve, to be able to love people in a different way. Like you were saying in the beginning. I teach, I teach our children, my children, um, especially my children at home, not just my church children, uh, that where you are is your mission field. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that mission field changes wherever you go, <laughs> but you should always be on mission. Yep. And, um, and, you know, you break it down to simpler forms for them. A, a missionary is a person who, who goes and shares the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, it's not a mission project unless you're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in some way. In some way, it's not a mission trip unless you are telling someone the good news of Jesus Christ or doing doing what you're doing in the name of Jesus Christ in a way that people know that that's why you're doing it. Um, otherwise, it's just doing good which is great. Do good all over the place. Um, but if it's, if it's a mission, uh, you are going to be sharing, uh, the message and the love of Jesus Christ. So that's, that's the first thing that I think is important, uh, for everyone to understand is that everyone is a missionary. Yep. Um, and are you doing your job as a missionary or not? Because everybody has that task assigned to them with the great commission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. And, and we can look at this and, and say, well, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm at home with, with babies all day, or I'm stuck in an office all day, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm watching grandchildren or whatever it is. Guess what? <laughs> That's your mission field. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Becca said, it's going to look, it's going to look differently, uh, it, you know, in whatever ways that, that you're serving and where you're placed at. But I think it's back to trusting that God puts you in places for a reason. He will put people groups or um, causes or certain things on your heart that you are just more in tune to. Um, You know, so I think that's it when we're looking to at at where to start. So like we know why missions is important, sort of the basis uh, of that. Where do you start? I think in a lot of ways you start with, well, what are you, what are you, what's around you? You know, I mean, Henry Blackaby, one of my favorite quotes from him is he says that um, we cannot be in relationship with Jesus and not be on mission. Like that is just the two go hand in hand. Um, So what's happening around you? What are the needs that are around you? Um, You can look at this personally. You can look at this in the form of your church, um, your small group or your Sunday school class or however, you know, whatever that looks like for you. But what is happening around you? What are the needs around you? And how, how can you fill or meet those needs? Is there a gap, like Becca was saying, that, that maybe somewhere along the line, you stand in that gap? So I would start with, I would start there. What, um, what are your sort of passion points, as we say, or the things that are really tugging on your heart? Maybe you have really noticed in your community the need to help children who are currently in foster care, or uh, maybe you are have a, a heart for a certain nonprofit that's in your area or a, another ministry, you know, f- food bank, uh, local homeless shelter. I mean, the, 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 the options are endless because the needs are endless of what's around us. So start where you are. I think, um, I don't know who, who, who the quote is from, but it, it says you're, you're, your calling is where the your great passion and the world's great need meet. Mm-hmm. Frederick Buechner is one of my favorite favorite quotes. Yeah. Oh, I've got another quote for you. Since you said um, 
So give it to me. I love a good Henry quote. Henry Blackaby. Yeah. Straight from her mouth. Well, not straight exactly. Uh, these are not her exact words. But if, when I was um, watching the Experiencing God videos um, as a younger teacher yeah, and as a young mom, um, <laughs> she talked about having personal devotion time with your children. And she said, if their mouths are full, <laughs> they can't talk while you're teaching them the Bible story. So she said, always start with food. <laughs> Listen, you can never go wrong with food. If you got to start somewhere, start with food. <laughs> she was like, give them a snack. Then their hands and their mouths are busy. <laughs> yep. It is true. It is true. And also, you know, like, and we laugh about that, but at the same token, we have to meet someone's need first. We can't just go in a room and start and just start preaching Jesus at them. Um, when we're looking at some of the situations and difficulties that people are walking through and they face, yeah, we all, we, you really do have to start with the most basic of needs. Um, feeling, meeting that first before we're, you know, even, even able to, to cross into, uh, talking about Jesus and what that looks like. And so, I mean, that's another good, that is another good, I mean, we laugh because it is true. Listen, I mean, you can't go wrong with food, but also knowing that, that is a good place to start. Um, so I think too, since we're talking about Henry Blackaby, if you've never done the experience in God study, that is another great place to start because that will really open your eyes up to the ways that God is working around you and um, the ways that God is calling you to join him in that work. So that's an, if you haven't ever done that, that's another great Bible study and resource to look at too. Let's talk about some of the resources that we have that are very easily accessible to leaders. If you are interested, like Becca has sort of talked about the children's groups there is a, a website on National WMU that you that you can go to that you can see each age level of where you can start in terms of missions discipleship. If you just go to WMU.com and then you click on that tab that says missions discipleship, you will see every age level from preschool all the way up to adults, to families on mission, um, to Hispanic churches and um, information, even on sisters who care and, and all kinds of age levels that you can implement that missions discipleship and missions education in your churches. So that is a great place to start. Um, you can download um, packets of information there that will give you tools and the resources for each age level. If you are a new group, this is something that some people may not know um, as you are starting new groups. So let's let's say um, that your church, you're a, you have missions, um, but maybe you have never had a children's missions group and you want to start children in action. If you have never had a group or it's been more than two years since you have had that group, you qualify as what we call a new start and you get a 20% off discount on printed materials for the very first year. Uh, of your group being started. So those of you that are listening who have wanted to start a new group and or you, maybe it's been a while, maybe you've had, um, maybe you had mission friends of maybe four or five years ago, but it's been a while and you haven't had it in a couple of years, you will still qualify as that new start discount. So information is in, will be in those starter packs that you download for each age level, but you are eligible for a little bit of a discount, which will, which really does help. 20% is a really good discount um, on those materials. So that's a great place to start. So start with your, start with the need. What do you see around you? Where can you fill in that gap? Go for your resources. Um, that's again, yeah, 
What's an even bigger discount at WMU is their young women's resources, which are free. Are free, yes. So if you go to uh, adult under a missions discipleship, you resources, and you go under adults, there's young women's Bible study um, and missions programming that is absolutely free to download. Mm-hmm. Yes, so glad you mentioned that. Um, so many great resources on there. Um, of course, we are always here in North Carolina. If you're local in North Carolina, even if you're not, listen, if you're out of state, we'll help you too. <laughs> if you're out of country, we'll help you too. If you're out of country, we'll help you too. WMUNC.org, we've got a lot of great resources. Becca does a lot of um, really, really cool things for adults um, in terms of how to make your meetings lively and how to implement missions education and all the things. We've got great leadership resources on there as well. So start with start starting that starting place of of seeing the needs around you. Get your resources, and then can you do you have someone to help you? Can you bring someone along? Can you work with your pastor? Is there another leader in the church that can help you implementing missions education, missions discipleship? Um, you, you, it's great if you can have a partner in it. You know, it's great if you can have another leader, if you can have leaders to help you to be able to go through these things. So start there, get your get your leaders in place as well. And I think too, at the end of the day, like we were saying, like seeing what's in front of you as a mission field and knowing that I know, you know, especially if you're at home with little ones all day, or uh, maybe you're in a new season of you've just retired and you're sort of like, what is next for me? paying attention to the ways that God is working around you and the ways that he would even have you to be on mission where you are. Um, We do not have to go and do these big, like just jaw dropping things for God um, for them to matter. I mean, that's really the basis of this whole podcast is us talking about those everyday moments in our lives that make that impact, you know, just looking out for those things around you and seeing how, how's God working? Can I just put a plug in for grandparents too? Absolutely. From my experience, my mother uh, provided childcare for my children when they were when they were babies through through kindergarten, and then still for one of my children after school. Um, but my mother was able to instill a lot of things into my children's lives that I was not uh, when it came to faith and missions. Um, sometimes we think like they they want to teach them manners and those sorts of things. Not that we don't teach manners in my home, but my mom. Uh, taught them that this is a way of being kind to others and and to it manners just as, as a way to be kind and polite to others but my mom also always had um christian music playing in her car when she took them places and that was all the time they were constantly yeah. literally phoebe would wake up in the morning and say where are we going today <laughs> i don't know where phoebe's got playing for you probably chick-fil-a yeah. but um but at one point I heard Phoebe when she was playing, um, singing one of those old hymns, you know, that I was like, where in the world have you heard this hymn before, you know? Um, but it was an old, it was an older hymn slash children's song. And I knew that I had not taught her that. And, um, but what a beautiful thing to have running through her mind. And that, that is because of my mother. And there are so many other things that, um, that, that grandparents, because um, a grandparent's love is unconditional Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have to come along with discipline. (laughs) Um, So much of what you, uh, what you give them as far as, as Christian education and, and that missions, um, aha moments Mm -hmm. are are better received from you than from a parent. 
um, because you are beloved and we are the ones that tell them that they have to clean their rooms and not pick their noses. So, um, so just think about that as, as your, your grandchildren as your mission field, that's, that's big because it, it doesn't just stop when your grandchildren are saved, but helping your grandchildren to, to recognize the world as their mission field as well. Um, because their ears turn off to parents very easily. Mm -hmm. Um, grandparents have a special way of imparting that knowledge that is, that is amazing. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, grandparents, you can never underestimate the influence that you have um, on your grandchildren. And we can really apply that to a lot of situations, you know, aunts and uncles and friends and the, the influence that we have on the people around us. I thought what we would do to end this episode is we read the Great Commission, uh, Jesus's words that he says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That last part, I think, is sometimes what we often forget when we are are on mission and when we are doing missions and uh, just even in our everyday lives that, that he is with us to the very end of the age. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, Jesus said, go and do all these things and report back and let me know how it goes. You know, he's always with us and every step of the way we are in tune to the Holy Spirit's leading and the ways that he wants us to serve and love the people around us and the ways that he wants us to go and tell. Absolutely. And when you think about when you're when you're listening to a speaker they want to leave you with the most important thought you know this is this is this is your takeaway this is my last if somebody's giving their last words on earth you know and they have the faculties to know exactly what they want to say it's going to be something really important the most important thing to them and here here these are this is jesus's last words on earth physically on earth um so it's the most important thing that we can do and that we can raise our children to do and that we can um, bring to light in our churches. So um, if you see if if you see that there is a deficit of this in your church, um, being that little light and saying, hey, guys, have you thought about missions? <laughs> you know, what are we doing to teach our children about missions? What are we doing? Um, what are we doing to fulfill the Great Commission? Uh, and then go. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go and tell. That's it. Well, friends, I hope that this episode has been encouraging and helpful to you. Um, just sometimes we just need to revisit that and have that reminder uh, of where to start. And that missions really is such a vital place to start in terms of loving people and serving the people that are around us. So we are always so grateful that you have joined us and we will see you on the next episode. Bye, friends. <laughs>